This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, 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 how's everybody doing? Welcome to another episode of Nerdificent. I'm your host, Ivy Wadiway, and sitting across from me, as always, is... Very under-the-weather Danny Fernandez. Ah, uh, yes. You know what? Actually, it made my voice sound even better. Yeah. Like, drop down an octave or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it sound, makes it sound a little goofy. Wow. Make it sound a little... <laughs> I would like to already um, introduce Eddie up top already. So I, can, uh, yes. I had to avoid laughing because I did without the introduction. I don't want to laugh. That's always at the, the joke. fun yeah. thing about being the guest, where you're like, "How long do I be quiet?" <laughs> you're the voice that you hear is the co-creator and co-executive producer of Historical Roast on Netflix, also at the Comedy Store. That is Eddie Firth. Hey, thank you for having me, guys. Yes, I'm excited. This is one of those fun ones where it's like. like Two of my best friends who I've known forever, and now we get yeah. to just sit down and talk about I know. what we did when we were kids. Oh yeah, it's 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 gonna be a good time. I love it. If he uh, would, um, I totally cut you off. I was about no, to say what please do what you were geeking out about this week. Oh man, I think what I'm geeking out about is Life is Strange too. I've been playing through uh, the chapters, and this one's fun. Uh, Danny, did you ever hear the first Life is Strange? It's kind of like a, so. it's more of it's like an indie ish game. Like it's it's like 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 the beach house of video games where mm-hmm. like there's some buzz mainstream buzz but they're pretty still pretty in- indie but the first one follows a girl and it has a lot of queer representation and the whole thing is like she finds out she has these special powers where well the second one continues that same trend but it's two uh like mexican kids and they uh and it like really isn't afraid to touch on you know the race relations of it all and it's really I don't know. I think that's the fun of narrative games where it's like, like, cause they don't, it's not like, you know, how sometimes where when video games or media approach race, it's very heavy handed and straight up, but like there are microaggressions that are happening to them that you 
are forced to notice because you are experiencing those traumas as the player. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what really makes the real work in, in like really forcing, like, like obviously as a person of color, you're going to like be more wary. But now as like, if you were like, you know, like a white person who might not be looking out for this, you are wary where you're like, Oh, maybe just maybe you can get like how like it's it's just a little bit like oh there's second meanings to things where people said like um without spoiling too much like you're kind of on the run and like there's a line that's just like well why would you run away if you were innocent and it's like if as some as a player who has experienced everything, you know exactly why you ran away. Like, mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. clear. But, like, having that question posed to you seems so incredulous. But it's like, yeah, that's a question that a lot of people deal with. Of, like, well, if you're innocent, then da-da-da-da. But it's like, now you can see how quickly, <laughs> yeah. you know, why you would do that. Anyway, I'm having a good time for it. I already know it's going to make me cry at the end. The two boys are so uh, very cute. And cute. it's uh, so I, I just love that. We're out here doing stuff like that. Oh, yeah. what do you play? Is that PC, Xbox? Oh, yeah, I'm always playing PC? On PC, but it is available on all consoles. And yeah. the last episode if, isn't out yet. It's coming out December 5th. So you can like play and binge mm. the first because they break the game up in the episodes. It's yeah. very similar to like the Telltale games where it's yeah. like it's a, it's a heavily narr- uh, heavy narrative game where it's based on your choices. So that's it's it's super fun. So even if, even if you're not a quote unquote gamer and are afraid of the mechanics, it's very easy to pick up nice. even if you don't play video games. I think I, as like I still play, I play a lot of sports video games. There was a point and I always call it the, the line of delineation for me was Call of Duty. Ah. Like, I was a big, I loved video games, Sonic, Mario Brothers, all mm-hmm. the early platforms. And then when we got to the, like, when we really indulged in the third person shooter, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't get it in the same yeah. way. So I like, I like that it's an easier, uh, an easier yeah. play. All right. And you just add one more thing to my, to my nerding out, uh, is the Sonic. The new Sonic looks yeah. good. Oh, yeah. And it's already been reported from folks that it wasn't under crunch, that they, you know, gave the animators ample amount of time. I still stand by my statement that I think they should get points on a movie. If people don't know what points is, it's basically a percentage of earnings of a movie because they truly saved this movie. And I think this movie is going to do numbers now because, like, like now you ha- the story is there like not mm-hmm. the, of the actual movie but the story of the creation of it is there and the fans feel like they t- they they made they felt like they made it happen <laughs> so i think just that alone is going to make it just do so well in theaters yeah. i saw part of that trailer it really did interest me the idea that uh he had set off some sort of electric signal. Yeah. Like he's living in the wrong world and oh, he was yeah. cool. Like it was good. But then he starts playing baseball by himself yeah. and he lo- like that, that intrigued me. I'm definitely, I'm yeah. definitely interested. I know. I only watched one. a tidbit. I don't like watching sp- trailers cause trailers just give away too much now. <laughs> so like, yeah. I'll just watch, I just wanted to see the new Sonic and then I was done. What I don't about think you? I gave away anything. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? There's two things. Can I? Can I? Yeah, of course, I already broke the seal with two things. I have been I've been binge watching Twilight Zone for the last two months. Oh my gosh! Oh, here like goes this, Danny. These were I. Grew we already up, talked about it before we started recording. <laughs> how could How could I not? It's so I grew up every New Year's Eve. Channel 11 WPIX in New York would play the marathon, and that wow. was our New Year's Eve. It yeah. was make 
pigs in a blanket and bagel pizzas and uh, and watch Twilight Zone. And I don't know why, but my comfort food in the last two months has just been watching Aww. Twilight Zone just around the clock. It, it really does hold up. Like I remember after our episode, I mm-hmm. went through and I watched it. And obviously, there the stuff that is dated is dated in a way that's like interesting because it gives you insight into the time that it was made. Like the first episode being this idea of a man will go crazy in the time it takes to make it to the moon. Like mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. history. That's like living history of like, this is their perception of what space travel was before you actually had proof of it. So yeah, I I highly support anyone who decides to binge Twilight Zone. I just like giving Danny a hard time about it. It's there. There is this incredibly Not possible. <laughs> there's this weird. There's this great timelessness to it, but it's very accessible. I appreciate to. I appreciate that they're basically like 25 minute episodes, 22 minute. That half yeah. hour format makes it very easy to digest. Oh, yeah. They're simple. They don't overdo anything. Even down to the set pieces. Oh yeah. Like looking at it and realizing that for the most part. If it was shot on a soundstage, it looks almost like a high school play, but a really well done one. Mm-hmm. I had downloaded an audiobook that I had started to listen to, but haven't finished about the Twilight Zone because, look, I know Rod Serling couldn't have written every single episode that he, he didn't. It like, but I like there's somewhere it says he did where I'm like, look, no, I know you didn't. didn't write. I know you didn't write all of these. <laughs> it literally but, says it in the credits. But how prolific he was. Oh, of course, in yeah. making that show. When you look at each season, is 20 something episodes and they did that many and I it's just it's a fascinating watch and it really I love how it does hold up there is a timelessness to it that just kind of in black there's quaintness to it as well so I I've been watching that like crazy the other thing I was lucky I, I was in New York last week and I had a day to go over to the Museum of the Moving Image in Queens and they have this incredible Jim Henson exhibit oh wow I mean, obviously, Kermit and Miss Piggy and Big Bird and Elmo are all there, but they show some of these clips from him on the Ed Sullivan show when they had him on all the time and all these, all the different puppetry, right? This bit, this one bit that really intrigued me was it was clearly like piping that you would use for like air ducts, right? Like just this cylindrical, but he turned these into these dancing puppets on the Ed Sullivan show to this song jazz time or rag jazz or something like that. And it was just the simplicity of it. And I don't know it. I, I definitely watched a couple clips of the Muppet show and other Jim Henson stuff. I sat there in awe watching Kermit ride a bike, realizing I I genuinely had no idea how he rode a bike. Yeah. And I was like, that's, (laughs) it's practical. It's not, it's not, it's, it's an effect that they had to create in real life. That's that was real magic to me. So being that close to all the, the puppets and all the bits and being able to see it in a museum and walk in and see it like that captivated me last week. I had, I had a blast doing that. Well, I'll have to check that out. I'm going to be in New York in a few weeks and I'm definitely go peep that. It's worth it. I think the museum of the moving image is also the perfect size museum. It's basically two floors of museum. Oh, nice. So you don't feel like it's like, I love the museum of, uh, of natural history mm-hmm. in, in New York, but it's way too big. I can yeah. never see it. Yeah. And so I just get lost for, for like two hours. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm leaving. This yeah, is done. I'm done. This, but that I got through the whole thing in like two hours or so. It was like a nice afternoon. Took the, the subway out. If you can, if you have time, it's, yeah. I think that that exhibits up for a while too. You'll, you'll enjoy that. Mm. What about you, Danny? What are you geeking out about? You know, um, they just announced that they're going to make a new Zorro with a female lead. Ooh. 
So I'm geeking out, you know, about sending that to my reps. <laughs> um, but also, I just think that's cool. And um, of course, everybody has tagged me in the new Selena series. Yeah. Yes, I saw all the tags. Um, definitely also already aware. I think a lot of people tagged me in it and... Some people would be like, why didn't you audition for this or whatever? And like, we don't always fit the demo. I don't know if you know it's about yeah. her growing up, not already grown up. Um, so if they wanted that, they already have that. J-Lo did that uh, of her already yeah. grown up. Also, like, it's so funny because it's like, like, the if you, the idea I understand, and it should have been, I hope, or you should audition for this, but why didn't you yep. such a, there's so many factors at play. Lots of times, by the time we hear about it, it's been done. Yeah, for true, example, true, true. friend of the pod, good friend of mine, Jessica Gao, was just announced uh, head writer of the She-Hulk show, and I immediately texted her. I like, in light speed, I was like, please tell me that room isn't full. She's like, it is full. And I was like, I imagine, because by the time they announce anything in TV, it it is full just yeah. like when they announced the new um he-man they had a full room when they announced the magic of the gathering show they it's just like by that time and you just have to have either someone in the know which is usually because like they're it's starting within the same agency or something like that but like yeah um i, I can speak from direct experience on that that when we when we did historical roast last yeah. year when they announced it yeah I was literally in the writer's room sitting next to Jeff Ross when the article came out. Like, we were working. Like, yeah. we were in the middle of a work day. Yeah. This wasn't news to us. We yeah. were already three weeks into the pro. Like, we were, we had decisions made. We oh, had yeah. choices picked out, and it came out. And it was more just one of those nice afternoons in the writer's room. We're like, oh, good. Now everyone knows. But yeah. there's no, people were then trying to submit. Was like, we're in the middle. Like, we're almost done. We yeah, have to finish late. this soon. Like, yeah. Yeah, so why didn't you? So oh. just just so you know, that's how. <laughs> so why didn't you audition for Zorro? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm going to. There, yeah. What's it? Where's it? Is it? It's a a, a movie or a series? That no, it's doing? a series. I think. Where's oh, it? Where's I it going to be? I don't, it's Disney Plus. Mm, well, yeah, because Disney had Zorro, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, not entirely sure. I know where it's going to be. It's going to be on the new Warner Brothers app, and there's going to be a crossover where now a female Batman is going to have her parents <laughs> killed outside the theater. Oh, okay. I can you just, see even the <laughs> I hear just the rumblings of nerd even at the joke of that idea. Oh, uh, just like what? Anyways, that is <laughs> what I'm geeking out about, and uh, today we're talking about Disney. 90s Disney Disney tune block. Um, Which, when I hear, I immediately think of DuckTales, Chippendale. That's so funny. That's Mm -hmm. the song that was in my head. Uh, DuckTales. There's only two more I would add to that. So DuckTales, Chippendale, Tailspin. I was a big Darkwing Duck fan. But also... That's Get Dangerous. Goof Troop when when Goof Troop came out because that was on the heels of the movie. Oh yeah, and when we were like we're gonna get more of this, it wasn't as good as the movie, but it was. I I mean I watched that. I watched it all. They, they, I think they did two episodes at once with that as well, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, let me just tell you, I Goof Troop to me just nothing compares to a Goofy movie. Not even Disney movies because it's so different. Like even like, of course, Lion King is iconic. Speaking of Lion King, a part of this block was also to Moon and Pumbaa. But um, the Lion King, of course, iconic, like, you know, award winning. 
But there's an underground, not so underground anymore, cult following of a Goofy movie and how weird it was Mm -hmm. and the soundtrack being so original and like pop at the time. And, you know, they literally have a possum park in it. Um, Yeah. So Goof Troop just wasn't quite the same, but we are going to talk about it because it is on here. Also, did you know that Pete is a cat? What? Pete is a cat. The cat. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget that. To me. So yeah. Goofy, you know, and Max are dogs. Yeah. Pete and PJ are cats. Isn't yeah. that fascinating? Yeah. Anyways, we're going to uh we're going to talk about this 90s block. It was actually so the Disney Afternoon Block, which was later known internally as the Disney Kellogg Alliance, uh if you can think of brands uh for for branded purposes. Oh, yeah. Uh it was created for syndication, 2 hour. It was actually only 2 hours animated television programming block uh that was produced by Walt Disney Television Animation and Something fascinating that you were saying, Eddie, was how the shows came out. Can you explain to people mm. so, about the block? So that two hour block? Like, uh, there were two shows that were initially that were already being done, like Gummy Bears and DuckTales were already TV shows that were happening. So they were lumped into it at first as a way to draw people in. But the way they lay it out, which really as even as a kid, this interested me. They'd put them all together. Like the first season was uh, Adventures of Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. The next year, they would drop the first show, the lead-in show. So Gummy Bears got cut. They'd slide every show up a half an hour, and the new show that they were adding to the lineup came at the end of the block. Mm-hmm. And that was – obviously, they're building towards that last half hour because that's – the most kids are home from school. Everybody's watching at that point. They can lead into it. And then their new show – so like the second season – Instead of Gummy Bears being at the top, DuckTales opens the two-hour block and Darkwing Duck, their new character, is now closing it out. And then – and they just cycle through that. So that was their way of transitioning shows was whatever whatever was on at 3 o'clock. It, it kept the lineup fresh every year and you were guaranteed the three to four years of each show. But then it was going to go away and something new every year comes in at the end of the block and bumps up, which I find really interesting too because this was the same year that like – Tiny Toon Adventures came out. So this oh, is yeah. at the beginning of the 90s and then Batman animated series is going to come out. So you have all of these afternoon cartoon blocks that are oh, yeah. heavily competing with each other. And Disney's idea is to keep it fresh constantly. I love that. Right. Keep it fresh. Keep rotating something new in. Get rid of a show, even if it's one of your your your. Right, because isn't Gummy Bears trending on Disney Plus right now? Yeah, yeah, these all are technically. But yeah, Gummy Bears, and I think uh, it was funny because The Mandalorian, well, it came out with one episode. So then everybody was like, what else am I going to do on here? Yeah, and so then everyone's I, been like binging the old block of shows. So so The Mandalorian's coming out weekly. Uh-huh. Is that, yeah, I was so... Like I was so surprised because uh, friend, fr- another friend of the pod, Adam Lavick, when he was like, yeah, episode one was good. I was like, why is... Everyone only watching one episode. Now I know. Yeah. I do not have Disney Plus. I'm still like, I don't know when I'm going to pull the trigger on that, honestly. So I have a little treat for y'all. Um, Some cries to the cracks. Up the snack, there's no case too big, no point too small. You got it. Just 
Oh, not, did not get that till that end. Honestly, my most, I mean, aside from DuckTales, of course, woohoo. I'm very sick. And Darkwing Duck, like, let's get dangerous. Yeah. And Tailspin. Mine, which actually technically is not on this block, is The Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. That was on their Saturday block with, like, Recess, you know, Pepper Ann, and then they would throw in. Pepper Ann, she's too cool for seventh grade. A lot of these shows also wound up on Disney Channel. Yeah, of course. Like, they'd syndicate them and put them on their network. Oh, yeah. The, the, uh, the soundtrack to all, all of them had to me classic theme songs. Mm-hmm. Even down to the actual, I don't know if you guys remember this one. Disney Afternoon had an opening theme song, so you tune in at three o'clock, and it's not like they just jump into Gummy Bears or Ducktales. They played the Disney Afternoon theme song, which was then on a CD. Like I got the soundtrack oh, as a really? kid. It had Gummy Bears. It had Gummy Berry Juice. It had songs. All of the theme songs and then some songs that were secondary songs on each show. But the Disney afternoon theme song was great. It's so funny when you think about how much of our media is supplemented. Like, you know, it's easy to forget because, you know, whether or not your parents support it. But like my daughter, Naomi, loves PJ Masks. PJ Masks is a new Disney Junior show about these kids who turn into heroes, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, at night using their pajamas. And, like, there's a tour they do of, like, PJ Masks Live. And so, uh, and, like, I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to take you to this. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I I went to one of those Nickelodeon live tours Mm -hmm. that they were doing Mm -hmm. at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. The soundtrack was great. It Mm -hmm. just... Oh my God, it was one of the first CDs, I, I right? We were just getting CDs. As a six-year-old, I had, like, a little CD player oh, yeah. in my room, so I'd play that one and play Disney Afternoon. And I... I also loved that this was a time where this is something I don't I don't watch enough cable anymore. Maybe they're still doing this, but they had bumpers and wraparounds and little intros and outros to it. Like some of the most simple bumpers, right? Like usually a bunch of paintbrushes painting Disney afternoon on. But like Mm -hmm. those bumpers were. Oh, yeah. I still get caught watching bumpers for that or for (laughs) Channel 11 or anything. Just watch it over and over. Yeah, no, this was uh, definitely. Such a fun time. And before we hop into the rest of this Disney, 90s Disney afternoon tune block, we have to take a really quick break. Brought to us by ExpressVPN. Yeah, so Ivy, with all the recent news about online security breaches, it's hard to not worry about where my data goes. I've now been like checking on my apps where it's like only, you know, because they're sneaky. And it'll be like, only use this while I'm using the app. Only get my location or my Mm -hmm. things while I'm using the app. So making an online purchase or even accessing your email could put your private information at risk. You're being tracked online by social media sites, marketing companies, and your mobile or internet provider. Yeah. That's why you can take back your privacy using ExpressVPN. It has an easy-to-use app that runs seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet. And turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. Yeah, and protecting yourself with ExpressVPN costs less than $7 a month. 
Yeah, ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you ever use public Wi-Fi, I have. Keep <laughs> everyone does. It's like the norm now. <laughs> and if you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is the solution. Yeah, and if you don't want to hand over your online history to your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. So go ahead and protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash nerd. Yeah, that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash nerd for three months free with a one year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash nerd to learn more. Now it's time to get back to our show. Yeah. Okay. So the block actually started. So the Disney afternoon originally ran from September 10th, 1990 to August 29th, 1997. Ooh, on seven years. It feels like it ran so much longer. I dropped out at a certain point. <laughs> you sound so guilty. When I you say feel because I feel well, bad. Like I turned. Up. Yeah, I turned my back. There was a. Uh, I think. I. Th- I think once Goof Troop came along, mm-hmm. that was kind of when I started to fade from it. Like I knew of, I knew of Bonkers. Yeah, I knew of Gargoyles. I knew, I know that for instance, my sister was more into Timon and Pumbaa than I was. Yeah, but something like Aladdin, I kind of skipped over, even though that was one of my favorite movies. I was kind of like, I know that this is, I know what you're doing to me right now, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not here for it. I know that that is a very interesting thing, and I did get like, uh, it's not Disney Plus because I know I said I didn't get it, but before they had, it's Disney Now mm-hmm. is their app that they had before. I'm sure Plus is the way to go now, but I did it so PJ Mask, um, so that Naomi could watch PJ Mask. But it'll always like after the end of the season, you know, it'll jump to another show and it keeps jumping to the Lion King spinoff show, like the love of the pride or something. Yes. Like that. And, I, and I remember like it was going for a bit and I was like, Oh man, this is, this, this was such a ripoff. Like yeah. they, like they really did just try and keep the story going when there wasn't much of a story. The, the voice is so clearly not Simba, yeah. which, but you know, for, for Aladdin, they did get Gilbert Godfrey to play mm-hmm. Iago, though. And that was like, that was the one voice they could. Oh, yeah. As if Scott Winger from Full House was doing <laughs> so much that he couldn't reprise his role as a. Like, what? What oh, yeah. did he? How did he turn that down? How oh, did he? Man. Who? Who was his rep? Who was like, "Yeah, you don't need this right now." Yeah. Now, what are you going? You want to get stuck playing Aladdin forever? And he's like, "Yeah, I would love a job." Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, was the TV show where he had his hot dad? I just know everybody Dang. is like. Everybody talks about Aladdin's hot dad. It might have been in the sequel, which was like, you know, straight yeah. to video. Um, but yeah, so we talked, we touched on gummy bears a little bit, but just to be official about it, it first aired in the US in 1985. It ran till 1991. Like Eddie said, it got dropped. Um, that's exactly what they did. They would drop the first uh, show and bump up another show. The series was loosely inspired by the gummy bear candies actually disney ceo michael eisner was struck with the inspiration for the show when his son requested the candies one day can you imagine that (laughs) i read a book on eisner he seems like a very interesting guy (laughs) he's like what he seems like the vince mcmahon of kids tv oh uh, man what my kid likes gummy bears put some gummy bears on the tv hilarious you mean like like they like candy veruca salt's dad yeah 
Um, so this the series actually moved to ABC for one season. It was uh, from 1989 to 1990. It was airing alongside the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Again, one of my favorites. Uh, and it was known as the Gummy Bears Winnie the Pooh Hour. Um, <laughs> what a creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a great... <laughs> I can guarantee that for most of these, I can sing some or all of the themes. Oh, I know the Winnie the Pooh one. Oh, it's just like, I got to get up. I got to get going. I'm going to meet a friend of mine. He's round and he's fuzzy. I love him because he's just Pooh Bear Winnie. Yeah, I'm in my 30s. I still remember that. Um, I go further back with Winnie the Pooh. Do you remember the Disney Channel like live action Winnie the Pooh where they were all in large fuzzy costumes? That was my jam. That's older. But- Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. That was what is it? We yeah, are okay. the gummy bears. Yeah. So, so the show is well remembered from its theme music, which was written by Michael and Patty Silvershear. And mm. for the, what well, you mentioned, it the gummy berry juice, a type of magic potion, granny yeah. bears. Oh, it's gummy berry juice. Wow. <laughs> That's people the, are, gonna be, people yeah, that are either going to love like this a, episode or uh, hate this episode. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like the theme song of something named after something their kid was just <laughs> buying. <laughs> My kid likes gummy bears. Put them on the TV. Yeah, yeah. Hurry up. Oh, uh, well, the next show that we're mm-hmm, talking about is mm-hmm. one that uh, I think has holds more steam in most hearts, which is DuckTales, the American animated television series produced by Walt Disney Television Animation and distributed by Buena Vista Television. It premiered on September 18th of 1987. Uh, just a few months before Danny and If You Were Born, uh, and ran a total of 100 episodes over four seasons, with its final episode airing on November 28, 1990. Based upon Uncle Scrooge and the other Duck Universe comic books created by Carl Barks, the show follows Scrooge McDuck, his three grandnephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and close friends of the group on various adventures, either involves seeking out treasure or thwarting the efforts of villains seeking to steal Scrooge's fortune or his number one dime. <laughs> My favorite thing that I remember, which I'm excited I will get Disney Plus and watch, is um, the uh, A Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. where Scrooge... Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I love that. I mean, where really he got his one. name. Yeah. Yeah. But like Goofy was Jacob Marley yeah. and um, Jimmy Cricket, I think, was the ghost of Christmas past. I think so. Yeah. And then Pete was the ghost of Christmas future. And that was terrifying because oh, yeah. it was like at a, you know, the graveyard or whatever. Yeah. But oh, it's so good. And then they have the I used to have a VHS of this and it was all of the original Disney Christmas tunes it was like santa's workshop yeah y'all treat yourself this holiday season and watch oh my, it that that vhs i had and they had the mm-hmm. ice skaters yes. right? was, that is my favorite christmas vhs oh, so you, great. they don't put they haven't put that one fully on dvd yet but you can try to find different dvds and youtube clips it's one recently where the christmas season coming up i was like i need to find all of those and i think that 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 version of a Christmas Carol is the only other Christmas Carol I regard besides Muppet Christmas Carol because that's <laughs> yes. the Christmas Muppet Christmas Carol is the Christmas Carol. But love it. I loved no and Tiny Tim was like the little Minnie yes. Mickey. Yes. Oh yeah. And oh, they yeah. like had the little oh and Minnie and oh so great and oh and and um Daisy like was the I forgot it was like his girlfriend that he never you know he mm-hmm. pursued money instead of her. Okay, yeah. I, oh, so great. And it was all, a bunch of the characters from The Wind and the Willow, like a bunch of characters from Mr. Toad oh, yeah. uh, were in there that you would recognize. It's so good. But yeah, I love I love that you just quoted the the 
the Disney. Yeah. A, a, it's called a Walt Disney Christmas, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and it has the workshop. It has him trying to the kids sneaking out of bed to see Santa. It's got Chip and Dale in the Christmas tree. The ice skaters somehow almost go over a waterfall. That some, seemed a little extreme, but it was fun. I loved. I still remember the pilot episode of Ducktales. Oh, really? Like I, rem- it's because it's Donald dropping off Huey, Dewey, and Louie before he oh goes to the gosh, Navy. Yeah, he's like, he's like, uh, Scrooge. Will you? He's a veteran. Watch him? Yeah. <laughs> they finally yeah. explained why he's dressed like a sailor. They were like, oh. he's been dressed like a sailor this whole time. Let's just send him to the but Navy. He Where would he have pants? Yeah. Essentially, it's an almost prequel. To oh, Donald, wow. right? They're showing this alternate universe where he's like, "Well, I got to drop the kids off somewhere. Yeah. I've been in the Navy this whole time. This yeah. is why I'm wearing the sailor suit." Yeah. So, whoa! I typed in his name and it says Donald Duck, World War II veteran. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh man, you know, you know, he also essentially played Hitler in a okay. in a propaganda film. Well, also the show's popular theme song was written by Mark Mueller, and and everyone's favorite launch. Pad McQuack later returned to appear in another Disney animated series, yeah. Darkwing Duck. Moving on from DuckTales, um, we have Chippendale Rescue, Rescue Rangers. Rangers. Yes. Now, I was a big, um, I was a big fan of Gadget. Her last name is actually Hackwrench. Mm. Uh, and if you go to Toontown at Disneyland, they have a Chippendales, uh, a Rescue Rangers roller coaster, and she is there on the wall. Really? Mm. I don't think I've been in Toontown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toontown always, the number one attraction for me is, anyone want to guess? Is it the weights There's... where you have to pull the weights up off the ground? <laughs> no, <I> mean, That's <laughs> so unbranded and hilarious. Drag him. I'm talking Drag about, him. right, the okay. ride. Yes, would it be... The one that breaks down every single, every other ride, it, which is um, Mr. Rogers. That's or the top tier Toontown ride. Yes. Yeah. And you are also right. As someone who worked at Disney, that was the number one question we get is, is Roger Rabbit working? And we would oh, yeah, just sorry, say. Roger Rabbit's wild Yeah. Ride. And we would just say no, because we're 90% of the yeah. time right. <laughs> you could just be like, no, it isn't. Even if it is, because. It's so rare, but it's so good. Is it still is it still running? Yeah, yeah. Still, I haven't been in a while. Um, I don't know if they're gonna change that eventually. Now that everything's getting changed over there, but yeah, uh, Roger Rabbit. What I tell people is go to that and go to Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones. Oh, right. that's like, yeah. Go to that, that is you got to go and first thing. Tier. It's so good and immersive. Like if we could just take a quick Disneyland break to talk about how good. Indiana Jones's like it really is like and like out of all the rides you can wait for it feels like the most worth it mm. because like since you're underground you get to it really does feel like you're going through this temple and the car runs so smooth it's yeah it's good rescue rangers I I love the thing I love about rescue rangers and what's going to come up next which actually ties back to Indiana Jones is this is I think one of the most successful repurposing of characters who never displayed any characteristics like that whatsoever. Like Chip and Dale were not rescue rangers. Yeah. But to then put them in this, this was like an almost complete repackaging of these characters. And for me, the same with the next show that's going to come up completely worked. And it was, that's what for me as a kid felt fresh. Like I knew gummy bears wasn't fresh and I knew DuckTales. I've been watching that forever 
And then all of a sudden when they put out this block and they're like, well, here's Chip and Dale. It was almost like, here's Chip and Dale. Like you've never seen them before. Oh, yeah. I was in. It was, what was the, uh, what was the other guy's name with the mustache? I loved him. He was like a big guy. Um, Monterey Jack. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it Monterey Jack? Oh, he's daddy as heck. Oh yeah. Um, so just to touch on Chippendale, their history really quick. Of course, they are two anthropomorphic chipmunk brothers. Uh, I think some people think they're just friends. They're actually brothers. Their names are actually a pun based on the name of the famous 18th century cabinet maker and furniture designer Thomas Chippendale. Do I believe that? No. Do I think it's about the strippers? Yes. Um, (laughs) This was suggested by Bill Tex Henson, a story artist at the studio. Um, But then it would make sense because this was, again, they came out in 1943. So never mind. I guess Chippendales wasn't a thing. So do you think the strippers took their name from the chipmunks? You know, we have Google, right? here they are aren't they based off of uh isn't the rescue rangers though one of them's based off of um burt reynolds right really yeah isn't out of chip and dale or out or the or monterey jack because he had the yeah magnum pi and indy oh the, they're dressed the way they were dressed yes nice yes okay um so dan our producer yes just informed us the thing that could not come to my brain is that they are based off of magnum pi and indiana jones which i love that if you're like parents yeah um but let me just look up chippendales the stripper joint (laughs) my one of my favorite chippendale crossovers is when they appeared in the episode of full house when they all went to disney world and uncle jesse basically has a picnic with them on uh because Aunt Becky's mad at him again. Oh, no. What's going to happen? I will have to tweet out when I was at, I think it was LA Comic Con. Somebody was, to, this couple dressed up as Chippendale, as Chippendale uh, dancers. And That's they amazing. had, so it was the two chipmunks in thongs with money coming out of their thong. And then they were holding a boombox, which was actually the radio from Brave Little Toaster. It was all very Disney-fied. Super funny. Yeah, so what you were talking about coming up next is Tailspin. Oh, yeah. Tailspin. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was thinking you were singing Killer Tofu from Doug. Ooh, you, <laughs> Killer it's almost, Tofu. It's almost the same song. Wait, if you do, um, I need more allowance, yo, Yeah. Oh, this is such a nine. We're such 90s kids. It's perfect. Uh, well, Tailspin was set in the fictional city of Cape Suzette. Cape, Cape, Su- Su- Cape Suzette. Cape Suzette, which, uh, and it first aired in 1990. It was actually a preview on Disney Channel and then later became a part of the Disney Afternoon block. Of course, it's based off of the 1967 animated feature, The Jungle Book, uh, with its characters. The name of the show is a play on Tailspin, which is <laughs> actually when you have a rapid descent of an aircraft in a steep <laughs> spiral. Uh and the series which was largely developed by writers Jim Magon and Mark uh, Zaslov. The the Tailspin sort of pilot, it did, they did a movie first. Mm-hmm. They did uh-huh. like a full yep. movie that yep. was, I mean, epic in scope. It's this really big TV movie that then is broken up into like two to four parts. Was it it's four parts? Did they do four episodes out of it or three? But it's this phenomenal like very epic, almost yeah. like the beginning of Batman the Animated Ooh, Series, like just yeah. massive set piece of a of a thing. I, I like the lightning strikes the the plane that they're in. Just this incredible, and it's based on a TV show. Did you know that? No, Tailspin. It's called like Tale of the Golden Monkey, which mm-hmm. was like yeah, a t- yep. random 
Indiana Jones ripoff. Like, oh, wow. So Tailspin rips off Tale of the Golden Monkey, <laughs> which ripped off Indiana Jones, but then they also ripped off Jungle Book. So Tailspin yeah. just is like this amalgamation of four different things. Oh, wow. Well, there's actually more than that because it was inspired by Cheers, and that's why... Um, they created the character of Rebecca, who's based on the character Rebecca Howe. Um, and and they also made, they changed Mowgli because they needed, you know, these are talking, bear, they wanted it to be all bears yeah. um, or animals. And so then they replaced Mowgli with Kit, who's short, a little like, oh, I'm, short round. I'm the, no, <laughs> no, I'm the, I'm the 90s cool kid with the backwards cap. Do you remember the um, foil thing that he would then fly on? Right, he had this like it was like a hoverboard, but it didn't hover. He would just yeah. flip it open. It looked like a fan, and he would hang out the back, and he'd be able to like, sky surf on this foil board. God, if we only had all the stuff that they had in the movies and TV shows. Yeah, just a couple of other things about it. So they, one of their primary uh, locations that they use was inspired by Rick Blaine's bar in Casablanca, where they inserted the character of Louis. In place of Rick. And then the decision to add Sheer Khan to the cast was actually not made until later in the show's development. And they took a lot of inspiration from Hayao Miyazaki, as did everybody in like every animated show or movie ever. <laughs> but about a pig where his, oh, what is the name of this? Pronounce Jedi. Yeah. It's inspiration for Hayao Miyazaki's 1989 um, manga, Hikote Jedi. Yeah, about a pig-headed man who flies a seaplane and fights air pirates. Hmm. That mm. sounds like more than inspiration. Sounds like <laughs> they're just doing it. <laughs> um, but then up next, Ify, what do we have? Up next, we have Darkwing Duck. Let's get dangerous. Darkwing Duck. Another thing that was happening in a lot of these intros was it was very <laughs> soulful for no reason. Uh, but yeah, Darkwing Duck, which everyone thought was a spinoff from DuckTales, but they, uh, the creator, Tad Stones, uh, stated that the two shows exist. Uh, he believes that the two shows exist in different universes. Not anymore. Mm. <laughs> because DuckTales, the new one, yeah. brought back out Darkwing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. that was the big thing too. And oh I, my god, I forgot um, Gosling. Yes, that she's Latina. I love that they just like make and you know we'll take we'll take whatever we can <laughs> nab. I'm not even kidding. Uh, I forgot when that came out. I think it was with this new this new batch of Ducktales. Uh, yeah, this season, and she's she's a Latina now, and we're like, okay, God, we'll take Gosling. I just imagine the creator of Darkwing Duck denying that they exist in the same universe because he was fed up like no no it's not the same okay it's different i get it launchpad but it's different like like that just very irritated response where it's like no 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 that's yeah. not what i meant okay I, just leave me alone about it. it's not the same oh yes i remember gosselin mallard uh which is funny because she almost has like that elvira color scheme oh yeah no if you look at like old gosling and then look at her now yeah they fully leaned in and she is literally brown <laughs> she, she is straight up brown uh yeah she's from latin america mm. um so and francisco oh yeah that makes sense um yeah so anyways we have a new latina duck <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else? So DuckTales, you know, it had uh, Launchpad McQuack. I keep wanting to call him McQueen. Um, Launchpad McQuack, uh, as well as Gizmoduck appearing in, you know, episodes. 
Oh, the um, one-wheeled guy, that that futuristic. He was cool. I think that they're not. They're a multiverse. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they they definitely were building something with the duck verses because they they seemed close enough yet only dabbled. And I don't know if we mentioned this, but Darkwing Duck, his real uh, name is Drake Mallard. You know, he has to keep his uh, identity secret. Having the kid was tough for him. It was a, it was a challenge to balance the no that that work life balance was difficult for him. I think Pizza Hut did like a kids thing with Darkwing Duck. I remember getting like a whole packet of. I, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with being a detective. Mm-hmm. I loved reading the Hardy Boys. I loved anything where there was a mystery to solve. Yeah. So Darkwing Duck, I want to say it was Pizza Hut had some sort of detective <laughs> package where you'd get you know, something to decode and a little notepad and like all of these little detective things. Yeah, so oh. the, the decoder is is really starting to speak to something in me. So I think that is true because especially like back in the nineties, you had like lots of crossover stuff because I'll never forget that Pizza Hut were giving out VHS of the X-Men animated show. Yeah, And I had the one which was the, essentially the pilot episode um and then you had the pogs they were they had the x-men pogs so i would oh, be yeah. surprised if they had the darkwing duck you know detective <laughs> oh yeah here it is this is uh this Ooh. is what they gave out it was the pizza hut box they had the cups oh yeah and then, like that folder in the back i remember there was like all this detective stuff in the folder so it was yeah. like a case file almost yeah no that's solid very very cartoon film noir so this was the first Disney afternoon show to really emphasize action rather than adventure, uh, with Darkwing routinely engaging in slapstick battles with supervillains mm-hmm. and street criminals. It was the first Disney afternoon property that was produced completely as a genre parody, making fun of the other ones. Um, prior shows would contain elements of parody in some episodes, but his was like s- straight up um, supposed to be comedy. Mm. Um, by contrast, every episode of Darkwing Duck is laden with references to superhero, pop culture, or super spy fiction. Darkwing Duck himself is a satirical character. His costume, gas gun, and flashy introductions are all reminiscent of golden age superheroes, yes. such as The Shadow, The Sandman, Doc Savage, Batman, The Green Hornet, and uh, Julia Schwartz's Flash, as well as The Lone Ranger. That's the big one for me, The Lone Ranger mm-hmm. and Zorro. I would say those are, are like dead ringers. So um, also the fictional city of St. Bernard is a direct parody of Gotham City. I yeah. love I love this idea that that was their parody because at the same time you're seeing Tiny Toon Adventures and then you're seeing Animaniacs really pump up their parody, oh, totally. their satire. And I, I, my first reaction was to ask if we thought it was a response to what they were doing. But then if you think about how we are right now, like that was probably just what was going on at that time. Like the way we are all creating very similar things in different spaces, mm-hmm. they were probably all just, right? It's the same Hollywood writers at some yeah. point going from one point. They didn't get the job on Animaniacs, but they had similar ideas. And they're like, well, we, yeah. I got I got the job on Darkwing Duck, so we're just going to do a whole parody of, yeah. of the superhero on Darkwing Duck. It's going to be great. We're oh, going to yeah. use a Zorro mask. We are now. Yeah. Well, what's fascinating is I figured that this would be making fun of Batman the Animated Series, but it premiered before Batman the Animated oh, Series. Wow. I mean, literally with him standing there, he looks like Bat. you know, like with his cape yeah. and whatnot. Oh, like yeah. he looks like he's doing the Batman thing where he's like standing over the city of Gotham. 
I mean, that opening, the opening credits definitely have the cape shot with it, like, yeah. blowing in the wind on top of a So wait, did Batman the animated series take from Darkwing Duck? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Please don't tweet at us. We have to take another quick break. We're going to hop into the rest of this afternoon block right after this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back to Nerdificent. And, you know, it's time to get a little goofy because we're going to talk about Goof Troop. Goof Troop, you, you had an interesting uh, take on it because you were saying you liked uh, go- the Goofy movie, but Goof Troop kind of felt a little different. I mean, it totally feels different. It's still fun. But when you have something like a Goofy movie, which is iconic, it just doesn't feel quite the same. Yeah. Um, also, the character designs are a little bit different. So, but... Well, it's interesting because it like the show does predate Goofy movie. So I think it did the thing that Simpsons movie did where it's like, we're going to do the animation better. We're going to bring a little more heart into it. But I think Goofy movie did it so good that it's like, actually, this is you've kind of like carved out these characters in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like you have like. I don't know, like Goofy and Max's relationship in a Goofy movie does feel way more mature than it does mm-hmm. in the show. Mm-hmm. So oh, wait, yeah. the show or the movie came first? This the is show one. came first. Oh, wow. I In my head, it was the opposite. Yeah. Also, like he's he is younger. Like Max looks younger and um, oh, you're not so as right. polished. Yeah. Like he looks like he's in middle school as opposed to in uh or elementary school to be honest he looks like he's like elementary school middle school and then in a goofy movie he's very much a teenager yeah so goof troop 
was essentially following the relationship between single father Goofy and his son Max. Uh, I don't mean to laugh at this. It just sounds way more serious yeah. than it was. Single father. I have something good for this. I want, I, this is perfect because this, this relates directly to my experience with mm-hmm. Goof Troop. So I, this, was, this comes out right around the time my parents legitimately get divorced and my dad moves out. Oh, wow. And so when I talk about like the, all these blocks, like I remember the pilots – I remember that the very first, I was excited for Goof Troop at the TV show. And that was one thing that my father made sure to tape at his house. So we watched that pilot a few times. And that's why I thought there were two episodes that were aired the first time it came out mm-hmm. because we watched them a bunch. But it was legitimately, and then the Goofy movie comes out. And it's this, this parallel of like my parents are divorced. My father and I don't have this relationship and bond that we want and we're trying to figure it out. And here's this TV show and this movie that's trying to help us figure it out. Didn't really help. I yeah. can't, it, it doesn't end well. It t- takes years for us to takes yeah. until takes until I make a TV show for him to finally accept me. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> Tell me about it. Finally said he was proud of me. It only now I know how much his love costs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but goof, but, but goof troop really kind of hit that like a single father. Mm-hmm. TV show and that like single fathers and sons, I think th- th- sometimes get almost underexplored in yeah. that relationship totally. and that kind of bond, like, a father and son and one who's kind of estranged. And that's why Goofy movie, I think is so emotional because you see Goofy trying to relate to his son, but you clearly understand that the son is a teenager and trying to make his own way, mm-hmm. but they can't really come together. It's so note perfect that. I feel like they may have experimented on the TV show and then somebody was like, no, no, if we really want to get heart out of this, this is what it's really like. Yeah. I'm going through a divorce right now, guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. So My kid would never movie. look. Yeah. We would, I would try to take him camping. Let me tell you, I tried to take him yeah. camping. There's a lot of possums. Oh, man. And then we have, oh, this is one of my favorites, you is know? Bonkers. Yeah. I love Bonkers because in my fan fiction – in my fan fiction head, I always pretend that Jessica Rabbit had an affair with Bonkers because that's very much her type. Yeah. 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 Goofy, wacky. Uh, she's in an open her... relationship with Roger and she's cheating. <laughs> I guess not cheating on him. She's. Wow, there's another show called Bonkers. There should be only one. Bonkers was a. A cop. Yeah, he is. Uh... <laughs> so now that he's trying to run for president, I think we have to remind people. <laughs> Bonkers was a cop. He's a bobcat. He's Bonkers D. Bobcat. He actually was, this is even worse, Ify, because he was uh, washed out of show business and became a cop. That's the worst (laughs) kind. That's that's the worst. That's like an open mic comic, like not making it and then deciding to be a police officer. So Bonkers was made the junior partner of Detective Lucky, um, a grim and ill-tempered human who hates tunes. Wow, what a weird pairing. Um, throughout the series, the pair worked together to solve crimes in Hollywood. And I don't know why I paused. It's so <laughs> funny because it it is it, there. It does kind of have the, like a Roger Rabbit esque yeah. kind of feel to it. Oh, like totally. Because hates his, tunes. yeah, right. This is this is one of the shows where I start. Like I said, Goof Troop was where it, it started to crest for me. Mm-hmm. I was aware of Bonkers and I'd watch it occasionally, but it didn't resonate. Yeah, I will say that. 
every once in a while when when I'm feeling disillusioned about the industry, I do think I think about being a cop. Like why, wow. like that's the obvious from showbiz yeah, to yeah. police. I know. It's like oh. from creativity to law enforcement. Yeah, every every time I go into a meeting, it's like if they don't buy this pitch, <laughs> I'm becoming a cop. No. If I bomb one more audition. <laughs> wow. Um I just saw on here at the end of the lucky episodes, Bonkers was given a new partner, the attractive officer. Miranda Wright. <laughs> oh my gosh, of course. Although also we human need more because sex of in this show. Listen, although also human because of course she is and still like, you know, boning or bonable by him. Uh, she was far more patient and tolerant of his antics. With Miranda Bonkers was more the brunt of the slapstick. Well, okay, that makes sense. But also like why are these human women People get mad, but Jessica Rabbit is literally a human. She's a toon human that's yeah. sleeping with a rabbit. Anyways, I digress. There's another show on here, Iffy, that I've actually never seen. Yeah, me either. Uh, it's called Schnookums and Meat. Funny cartoon show. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't my favorite. Oh, so you? you oh no, were I aware. have seen this. I, 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 I am aware of Schnookums and Meat. This was. This was at the point, so if this is, what year is this? This is 94, right? It's 94 that that one comes yeah. out. I'm 10 years old, and it's, this is one of those things where it's like, it's more geared towards my younger sister. Yeah. Who's probably four at the time, and so it would be on, she'd be watching it, or I'd spend some time with her doing that. That was, this is when the block starts to get more towards my sister's favorite stuff, and I'm like, all right, I'm 10 years old, let me watch more Saved by the Bell, or let me go watch... Monday Night Raw or the New York Knicks are playing in the finals this year. <laughs> this is '94. I'm watching. I'm watching the New York Knicks and the Houston Rockets. Is Patrick not... Ewing playing at this time? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this was definitely an era. This is wild because I'm looking at the art for this show, and there's no way that it wasn't inspired by Ren and Stimpy, Ren and Stimpy, which it was hoping to compete with. Yeah, it was competing with, but I just looked it up and it's not the creator of Ren yeah, and Stimpy. So I'm like, crazy. why does it look so much that like it? Okay. Literally the art and, and the way that they spell their, the lettering is done like, Ren yeah. And Stimpy. yeah. Um, I do remember this. So it was essentially a cat named Schnookums, uh, and a dog named meat, uh, who do not get along very well. What an odd pairing. Their owners are unseen stock characters, only viewed from the neck down. Uh, very Tom and Jerry esque. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I do. This reminds me also of Two Stupid Dogs. If anyone remembers oh, Two yeah. Stupid Dogs, oh, love it. So yeah, we have uh, the Schnookums and Me. I guess if you're a fan of that, let us know. I, I mean, kind this of was, watched it. This was the the venture into that like weird offbeat stuff. Like it. And I, I, I say I get it in the vein of if Ren and Stimpy makes waves, someone's going to either be inspired by or have a similar take or come along with something that's secondarily like it. But probably just didn't do as well flat. because course, it was yeah. not in the right part. Like you that is not in the adventure action mm -hmm. block of Disney. I don't know if that was their demo. And at this point, what's it following? It's, yeah. because, it's because, after Goof Troop. Okay, you, because, you're turning from a father and son trying to get along to two abstract characters in a weird world. Yeah, and it's, it was very weird and edgy. And, and on Nickelodeon, they had Ren and Stimpy, but they also had All Real Monsters, which was gross. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like armpit hair and farts and like, you know, and then uh, the Rugrats, were, which would do a lot of those close-ups, you know, and uh, so those yeah. were all kind of like weird. Then we have gargoyles, gargoyles, which 
originally aired October 24th, 1994, until February 15th, 1997. If you can't tell, it follows a species of nocturnal creatures known as gargoyles that turn to stone during the day. <laughs> and I, this, is, this is weird because they are also playing different shows on different days. So you're not getting the same block all week. They're breaking up like some are on Tuesdays and some are on Fridays. And you had to watch them on certain days. Right? Because like X-Men wasn't coming out every day. So that was only a few times a week. Gargoyles? I, I didn't love gargoyles. Blasphemy. It wasn't. I didn't love it. Who's the hot gargoyle chick that everyone wanted to bang? Oh, wait. Um, Demona? Is it Demona or Demona? I think so, yeah. I mean, also, like, remember, all the gargoyles had, like, kind of shredded clothes. So it just, like, unintentionally made her look way hotter than she was supposed to be. <laughs> it was also relatively dark tone. So, again, it was kind of different. It received a lot of comparisons to Batman the Animated Series, which mm -hmm. had now been out for a couple of years. Mm. Another thing about gargoyles, I guess their backstory is after spending a thousand years in an enchanted, petrified state, the gargoyles who have been transported from medieval Scotland are we are reawakened in modern day, where do you think, New York City, where every, almost 99% of cartoons with crime fighting take place. Um, they become the city's secret nighttime protectors. Well, that's great because there's so many other um, people protecting New York City, like yeah. um, Spider-Man. And <laughs> oh, yeah. that's the show I want to see. I want to see Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. I want to see all of the superheroes getting in each other's way. The gargoyles show up. Like everyone's just like, dude, come on, I got this one. Hey, and I they have just this. Butt heads. Uh, well, they have that. It was the Marvel Netflix block. Which was Daredevil, <laughs> Luke Cage, Jessica oh, yeah. Jones. They were all in the same city. Yeah. They were all in Hell's Kitchen. For the next one, I just want to lump them together because they're of the same ilk in mm -hmm. my brain, which was the Aladdin animated series and the Lion King's Timon and Puma, which then led to the Lion Guard, which is the one that came on that I was talking about, mm -hmm. which are just spinoffs from the movie. I feel like they, you know, they're, they're good for, you know, when you were a kid, but looking back on them, weren't as impactful. Quack Pack. Good. Uh, should have been sorted. I mean, this came later, but should have been sorted with DuckTales. This time it's uh, Donald Duck hanging with his nephews. But, you know, tons of uh, cameos from Scrooge, Launchpad, McQuack. The reason I'm blasting through those ducks is because I wanted to land on these ducks, which were actually important to me, which were the Mighty Ducks. The animated series, which had nothing to do with the Mighty Duck movies <laughs> at all. No, you're so right, because they were literal ducks. Yeah. They were literal ducks. Yeah, so it was inspired <laughs> by the live-action Mighty Ducks films uh, and the NHL team, Anaheim Ducks. Boo, go Kings. Uh, wow. yeah. Um, but yeah, they, but they, it was real cool. It was like these buff ducks who played hockey. That was pretty much the show. Uh, but it was so funny because this came out so close to the Mighty Duck movies mm -hmm. that, like, at first you thought it was going to be about the movie. And it was mm -hmm. like, no, just buff ducks. They ducks would, fly together. They did everything in the world to capitalize on those movies. The oh, idea yeah. that they ended up changing the name of the team is insanity. When yeah. you think like a major sports franchise changed the name of a team for a mo a kid's movie. Yeah. Starring Emilio Estevez. So what, what was the name of the team before? I think, did, did they start a new, I think it might have been an oh. expansion team. 
It was wow. either that or they took over a team and changed the name. That's I forget wild. which I one didn't it was. Know that, but like, which is good, like good to know that it's. Uh, oh my God, you're so right. The team you're is so based right. on the movie, not the other the way around. The Mighty Ducks of Anaheim were founded in 1993 by the Walt Disney Company. They were like the movies did so well, we should start an actual team. But this is, I think, where the team didn't do well. Yeah. If you look at the original no. jersey designs, it's all the stuff that we know of, like from, from this, the movie. But they should have just gone with those original green jerseys, like those yeah. green sweaters that they were first wearing. If they came out in that, we would have all been down. But oh, they yeah. did this like purple, this maroonish purple and green, this like earth toned <laughs> with the weird face mask. Oh, look at this dirty. This is how dirty sports are. <laughs> So, the franchise was awarded by the NHL in December of 1992, along with the rights to a Miami team that would become the Florida Panthers. An interest, an entrance fee of $50 million was required, half of which Disney would pay directly to the Los Angeles Kings in order to share Southern California. I did not know yeah. the Ducks are completely based on a freaking movie. Yeah. Like... Th- like- and we we know now what it takes to start a franchise, a sports franchise, and maintain yeah. a sports franchise. Get an arena built for a sports franchise. All of the the other th- and and Disney was just simply like the movies did well. Why not Why not make an actual team? That People just would shows watch that. How much money Disney had back then for them to be like, yeah, <laughs> you know what it was like that Michael would be like if they was- bought the Detroit Lions <laughs> for the Lion King. <laughs> Michael Eisner was walking around I was like, well. Why don't we make a hockey team, man? Yeah. Oh, my God. Come on. I mean, still a better idea than the XFL. <laughs> I think that's our block. Yeah. And with you know? that, yeah. I was going to say, I know someone's going to tweet at us and be like, why didn't you go in-depth into gargoyles, gargoyles and go over every single character? That is because we will do that on another episode. But today it was nice to reminisce about the original 90s tune block. Yes, and thank you so much for talking about it with us. Eddie, where can people find you? Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Find me on Instagram at I am Eddie Firth, uh, on Twitter at Eddie Firth. Tomorrow night, if you guys are listening to this on Tuesday, tomorrow night, Wednesday, November 20th at 10.30 p.m., Historical Roast is celebrating its five-year anniversary uh, with what we're calling Historical Roast. We're roasting the greatest women in history uh, Wednesday, November 20th at 10.30 p.m. at the Comedy Store. So check out Historical Roast. If you guys are a fan of Nerdificent, what we talked about today, you'll also love Fictional Roast. We just recently roasted Disney Pixar, which you can find on our YouTube page. Um, we were at Comic-Con. You can find some of those videos as well. So check us out on Instagram and YouTube. Also, someone was very iconically Daenerys from your Game of Thrones roast. and very. was. Very, very good. Very iconic in that role. Very that, iconic and made two of her guy friends um, be painted like dragons and carried out on stage. It was amazing. You can find that online as well. <laughs> you guys, if you guys are curious, it, it's there. Yeah, you can find it. But, uh, you know, as always, you can find me at ifuidiway, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E on Twitter and Instagram, if D's on Twitch. Follow the Twitter to see where I'm going to be. That's going to be the easiest way to find out about my shows. Uh, and if you uh, are a subscriber to Amazon Prime, you get a free Twitch Prime sub that you can drop. But you have to come back every month to do it. It, it doesn't automatically renew. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez on all the things. And we're going to be doing some cool episodes coming up. We're really excited for the new year 
And we've heard y'all about expanding on some of these topics because it's a little bit hard. You know, we only get like an hour or so with our guests to go into it. So some, we'll be revisiting some episodes. We'll be adding some really big ones that we haven't been able to talk about yet. I know yes. some people are like, why haven't you tackled this? Well, because it would take five days, which is well, fine. Guess what? We're going to start gonna taking it. five days with multi-partner episodes. So prepare for that. It's going to be fun. And nobody tweet us that they're tired of that topic. Um, (laughs) If you get five weeks of it, you're going to get five weeks of it. Um, (laughs) Or just do. It depends. But we heard you also will be expanding on a lot of these huge topics that have been really difficult to kind of tackle down into just one episode. So, like, you know, um, we could do an episode on every Twilight Zone episode ever. So we'll do that. Um, Just kidding. But... I already do that in my brain. As we always say, stay Stay nerdy. nerdy. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.